Hey guys, welcome to part one of a two-part Trading Coach podcast series called Becoming a Better Trader. We're gonna start things off by talking about the differences between evolving and system hopping. hopping is an emotional reaction. Evolving is strategic, right? So does anyone system hop when they're doing good? Right? No one, no one, no one comes off a heater and they're like, yeah, I got to switch my system up, right? They only change their system when things are performing poorly. Because when things are performing poorly, they lose confidence. When you lose confidence, that's when fear enters the equation. Rather, fear is always there, right? I'm, I'm, I'm changing the way I talk about fear, and, and there's no such thing as being fearless. There's no such thing as having no fear. There's always fear. It's just how you handle fear that makes a difference. Same thing where I used to talk about um, you guys used to tease me and call me a robot because I, you know, in, in general, I, I lack empathy in real life, which is something I'm working on. Trust me. Um, <laughs> the track team I coached, they nicknamed me Lion because that's my we did the whole thing about the um, the uh, the assessment. That's my I guess my animal, my spirit animal, I guess, was Lion because um, I'm ruthless and whatnot. But um, try to work on that. But in general, I don't really have a lot of emotions in, 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 the, in the market. But the truth is I do have emotions because I'm a human being mostly. And the difference is I don't act on them. So we always have fear, right? I, I think even the, the veterans here in the room, right? There's a little bit of fear when you push that buy or sell button, right? You see a setup and it's like a couple, it's a minute before the close. And you know, if to buy next bar market, you still kind of get that feeling where it's like, Right. You take a deep breath or when you're in a trade and this and price starts working its way against your stop loss, there's a little bit of fear there. Right. I think we'd be lying if we said there wasn't fear. Like we're like, oh, no, I hope this doesn't get stopped out. Oh, no. Right. Because we don't want to lose money. The difference is, do we react off of it or not? And that's what system hopping is. The system hopping is a emotional reaction to the fear. Right. Things aren't going the way we thought it would. We're losing confidence, we're becoming fearful, we panic, and our, our natural reaction when we panic is to give up and do something else, right? Evolving as a trader isn't the same thing, right? We're not, when, when you evolve as a trader, you're not giving up on something that you've been doing, rather, you're making an addition to it. Right? Does that make sense? And and sometimes an addition can be you can, it could be addition by subtraction. But imagine it like you have a a car that's running well and you're slowly I'm I'm not a mechanic or do anything I know nothing about automobiles, but you're making some type of tweak to it that makes it a little bit better. And that could be taking something away, that could be adding something, that could be a new paint job, that could be new wheels. It could be just a car wash, right? 
you're adding to something instead of kind of selling that car and getting a new one. So that's the biggest difference between evolving as, as a trader and system hopping. And the evolution, right, the, the, the system hopping is, is typically a pretty quick approach. It's something that happens right away, right? Because again, things are going poorly. We'll go back to my eight weeks of drawdown. Things are going poorly. You need a quick fix solution. You bail. Evolving is more of a slow and steady observation, right? You're not making a, a rush decision. You're observing over time. You're taking notes over time, right? And you're, you know, once you do the proper evaluation, then you're deciding on a specific action. Now, something that has helped massively with me for that is I have rules on when I can adjust my rules, right? So who knows my rules, right? When, when am I able to make any changes in my trading? Has to be what? It's every quarter technically, but really every six months, right? So each quarter is when I can change something, right? So I can't change something until the end of a quarter. So if I, if I had something in mind right now that I wanted to change, it can't be until July 1, right? March, April, May, June. Yeah, July 1, right? But it's really every six months because I'll take a quarter. I, I do my full evaluation every quarter. I'll take a quarter, which is, which is three months. We call that a quarter, three months. I'll take a quarter to evaluate. If I catch something, if I catch something that needs to be tweaked or fixed or you know, the market conditions are different, I then observe it for another three months. Does that make sense? So I have three months of it happening. I have another three months to observe it happening and also observe whatever changes I would make to it. And then after that, I can finally make the change. So it's, it's a six month process, right? And why is it six months? Now, if, if you're, I'm mainly a swing trader, right? If you're a day trader, maybe you can make it even quicker. I would still stick to a quarter, but maybe you can do it. If you're like really, really active, maybe a month. It's hard for me to say that. That's a very short period of time. I wouldn't even do a month, honestly. I would stick to a quarter. But why is, why, why is six months important? Yep, and Bobby says it, to make sure you're not jumping the gun, right? Have you guys ever had a bad month? Raise your hand. Have you ever seen a slow month, right? You ever seen a speedy month? Yeah, I, I think a month is too short of a sample size, too short of a period to make a, a long-term observation about the market, right? I've had all types of months, slow months, fast months, <laughs> right? I think once, you, once something happens for about a half a year, now it's more of a, it's more of a trend. Right. If we have six months of low volatility in a year, I'm, I'm comfortable saying that it's going to be a low volatility year. So you want to give yourself time to properly observe the situation. Right. This is this is the same thing they say in, in personal finance. I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, but in personal finance, they say instead of going into the store and buy something, buying something, go into the store, go back home, come back in two days. If you still want to buy it in two days then it's a good buy, right? Have you guys ever heard that before? It's, it stops that impulse buy. 
So giving yourself that six month period or three month period, three to six month period stops you from making the impulsive decision. Right. So let's talk about now the different ways you can evolve. What, what, what are some ways you think you can evolve? Shoot me some some ideas that you guys have. So we make this a little little interactive and I'm just not lecturing you guys. Picture us being uh, socially distanced, of course, that desk in a room. Different targets, right? Different targets is one way, right? Austin mentioned this earlier that this is this is my go to um, change, right? I had a few years, actually. Not back to back, but but I, I've I've stuck with the change now. But I've had a few years where I've um, I've dealt with low volatility markets, right? And low volatility markets means just like the the movement in the market is a lot less than what it used to be. So if the ATR of the euro dollar, the daily ATR of the euro dollar is typically a hundred, we're looking at a, a lower ATR of maybe like forty. So you just don't see the movement that you're used to, right? So when you don't see the movement in the follow through. It's going to have an effect on secondary targets. So there were a few years where I noticed with pattern formations that pattern formations were my, my trading in general wasn't doing. It wasn't where I thought it would be. And you do your analysis, you, you go back and you're like, OK, well, what is it? And, you know, are Gartley's killing me. Is it, you know, one year it was the pound dollar. I just sucked on the pound dollar for an entire year. But you go back, you look through it and you're like, OK, well, you know, you have your back testing results. You know what your norm should be, and you compare. And so you're like, okay, well, pattern formations. You know, Gartley. Okay, well that lines up. Bats. Are they doing that? Lines up. Okay, uh, pound dollar is a little bad, but euro dollar is overperforming. You try to see where the faults are, right? And what I did was I noticed that there wasn't really anything wrong with my percentages, right? Everything was hitting where it, you know, around where it should hit. So you look to the next thing. I said, okay, well, what's what's going on here? And you dig deeper into the numbers. I noticed that, well, it was it was targets. Although my overall win percentage was where it needed to be, my specifically my second target percentage was extremely low. Now you may ask, well, why does that make a difference? If your win percentage is the same and your secondary target percentage is extremely low, how does that matter? Well, remember, right? If you're taking a half win and full losses, are you going to be on a profitable path? No, you're going to be either going sideways if your ones are covering for your 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 stop loss or going a little bit negative. And for me, secondary targets with advanced pattern formations specifically because of the amount that we have to roll our targets, I need secondary targets to win at a certain rate for me to be profitable. Because target ones don't always cover, especially if you're in a position where, again, you're getting patterns that go close to the X and you got to adjust those first targets. It, it takes you into that inverse risk reward ratio. So I noticed that we just weren't getting the follow through with secondary targets. Right. So I made the change. Right. You do the math. You say, well, what, what would have happened if I just take first targets and you do the math, you run the numbers. Oh, would have worked out. So I made that adjustment halfway through the year. Lo and behold, I think it was what, two years later. Same situation, and this is where you're, you're, you know, you, you take actual notes or mental notes of the past because these, these market conditions, they'll repeat themselves. Same thing happened two years later. 
low volatility time, now I knew exactly what to look for, right? Going back to the car example, right? When something breaks down in the car, you may not know what it is. You, you, you figure it out or you have someone figure it out for you. Next time it happens, you hear the same noise. You kind of go straight to that problem spot. Hey, this looks familiar. This is what I did last time. We got to tweak that, move that, boom, we're running great. So I was able to go right back to that same solution. I knew right where to look at in numbers. Ah, secondary targets, you're, you're at it again. Funny, 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 right? And make that adjustment. Now, what I've done after that is I've stuck, I've stuck with only one target for advanced pattern formations. And that's partially due to market conditions, but also for a, a ease of trading on my behalf. It's just, it's, it's makes my life a lot easier as far as the flexibility I have and, and not needing to be on my phone or at my charts 24 hours. But that's a good example of making an adjustment, right? With the market conditions. But as far as evolving as a, as a trading trader goes as well, there are other things, right? Let's say Bobby starts off as a really conservative trader. He needs to take trades, but he needs to take, you know, he's a structure trader, for example. I'm going to draw a line in this chart. He's a structure trader. He takes trades at previous levels of structure, but he needs double bottom, RSI overbought, RSI divergence, or no, no, let's say he needs, um, he needs uh, RSI overbought, Diversions on the double bottom and a 2618 to enter, right? So really conservative, newer trader. He's like, I want every signal in the world that this is going to be a, a good trade, high probability trading opportunities, right? He's taking that. He's doing well. And again, the, the key to this is a, is a constant observation. Bobby isn't just going through, you know, day after day and just only tracking wins and losses. He, he's going back and reviewing his trades, right? I hope that's extremely important to you guys, right? I hope that stands out. You're, when you're trading, you're always reviewing. So let's say he's reviewing constantly and, he, and, and he's seeing, you know, he, trades he took, trades he didn't take. He keeps seeing these trades where it's like, man, yeah, we got down there, RSI overbought, double bottom, but we never got that 2618, it ran right up. Okay, and then he starts, you know, over time, maybe a year later, he starts noticing that, man, like trade, trading's going well, but there have been so many double bottoms that never turned 2618 that did what, you know, so many predictions he made that played out that he didn't get a chance to be involved in. Well, what do you think he can do to evolve as a trader? And again, assuming, unless he's, uh, assuming he's growing, he's feeling more confident. And that's something that usually happens as a trader. As you get more experience in the market, you get more confident. Again, it goes back to, again, I think driving a car is a perfect example, right? You first start driving, you got your hands at 10 and 2, you're tense, you're following all the rules. A year later, you got one hand on the, on the, one hand on the wheel, you're, you're laying back a little bit in the car. Before you know it, you're driving with no hands, right? It, you just get more comfortable as you get more confident. Well, something Bobby might do is make an adjustment. He said, you know what? I was okay with 2618s. I, I needed that. I felt like I needed all of that safety to be involved in a trade. But because of the constant observation, and he's, again, this, that's key, he's taking notes, he's decided to make the adjustment to now become a little bit more aggressive, right? To go from needing a 2618 to only needing a double bottom. And then maybe he goes from only needing a double bottom to only needing a higher, high, higher close. Maybe he goes super aggressive, just limit order at structure. Maybe, maybe not that aggressive. 
But can you see how he's evolved, right, over time as he's gained more experience and more knowledge and more confidence? He's become, in a way, more aggressive. Now, you, again, it could be conservative as well. You can do it both ways. We're just using the aggressive nature first. But that's a good example of how Bobby is evolving his strategy. Stuart mentioned earlier another one, trail stops. So let's say, let's let's say, take the same Bobby example. Let's say Bobby, and, and this is actually going to go far. Another question I just had. Let's say Bobby, I can't move this chart to save my life. What am I doing here? There we go. I'm ninja trader and trading view. So let's say Bobby's looking at the same thing. And let's say he starts off with a two ATR stop. Right? Maybe he never tested different ways to go about it. He just two ATR. I want all the safety in the world. And same thing, he's taking trade after trade, after trade, after trade, observation, 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 trade review, trade review, trade review. I, I, again, I can't put a bigger emphasis on how important this is. This is no different. Like, I don't know how many guys have played sports, right? If you play sports, this is you watching the film of your game, right? This is coach sending you to film. This is you looking at the film, reviewing it, critiquing it, seeing what you did good, seeing what you did bad. This, this is the only way you get better because if you don't have the film and you don't know what you did well, what you didn't do well, how can you ever improve? You won't, right? You have to review the tape. And what, you, what may make it even better for you guys that have accountability partners, right? Partner up with someone. Find someone on the platform. Say, hey, you know what? Nikki, every week, maybe every month, you gotta, you know, depending on how, <laughs> how busy your lives are, but every week, I'm going to send you maybe a quick video walkthrough of a trade I took. Just give me your opinion. Right? Obviously, you need to give them the rules. Like, I was looking at a double bottom at previous structure, blah, 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 so they know what to look for because, you know... If you don't, they're going to be like, well, did you follow your plan? Okay, good trade, right? But give them an idea of what you're looking at and just say, what do you think? And maybe Dennis is like, yeah, did you see that other level of structure far left? Ah, you know what? I didn't see that. Boom, you just improved. Hey, I noticed that the RSI, your RSI, what do you need for overbought? Well, it's supposed to be, uh, supposed to be 80. Well, you know it's only at, ah, oh, I forgot to adjust my RSI. Boom. Right. Make a habit of doing it yourself, finding a partner to do it either way. Right. Again, we, we, we can even do that stuff in the Q&A here. We've done that before. We've, we've done trade reviews. I love doing it. Um, live rooms as well. We, we always have extra time in a live room. We can do it in a live room as well. You know, Roberto does it a lot. He's like, Akil, I took this trade. Let me know what you think. Right. But make it a practice to do that. Review the tape. You improve. But maybe, maybe, uh, who are we picking on? Bobby? Maybe Bobby has a 2 ATR stop, and over time he notices that, man, like, on his winners, price never gets more than 1 ATR away. Now, on his losers, obviously it loses, but on his winners, price only, they never, they never get more, or very rarely get more than 1 ATR below structure. What adjustment can he make with that information? If price rarely gets below on his winners, rarely gets below a one ATR below his, his level of structure, and his stops are at two ATR, what can Bobby to, do to improve his trading? Yeah, he can tighten up his stop loss. 
what's that going to do? It, it's not going to take, I'm sure it's going to take away some wins. There's going to be that, that outside trade that just, you know, nips it and, and runs away. That's going to, you know, it's going to happen. But what he's going to do is he's going to reduce his loss. He's going to reduce every loss and not really sabotage that many wins. And we know that from listening to me over so many years, that one of the best ways to improve as a trader isn't necessarily trade entry or getting a higher win percentage, but it's winning more when you win, losing less when you lose. Losing less when you lose is a massive way to become better. Keep more of the profits that you previously made. Excellent way to become more profitable. Keep more of the profits. So that, but that's an evolution of a trader. Observation, review, turning into action. Right? Now, Gav mentioned this earlier, right? Do you, you know, we're taking six months to observe. Do we just take those six months and observe? Or do we go back, once we have an idea for what changes we're going to make, do we go back and look at previous opportunities as well? Come on, guys, get it in. This might be a podcast episode, so I don't want an awkward silence. Orson says, uh, or Bobby says, yes, but I'd also have recency bias. Yep. Look for previous. Yeah. So look for previous opportunities as well. And I don't think you need to do as, you don't need to do as much back testing as you initially did. You don't need to go your full 10 years back or anything like that. But you've got six months of observation. You've probably got much more months of live trading. I, I would at least go back and look through all of the opportunities that you've taken and seeing how that adjustment would have made a difference. And it's not going to take too much time to do it. After all, you've got an idea three months before you can make a change, right? You created the idea of change at your previous review. You can't do it for three more months until your next review. What are you going to do for the rest of the three months, right? Go back and make sure that it actually makes a difference. Look for previous opportunities as well. Again, that's a way of evolving. Hope you enjoyed this episode and part two will be coming out next. Until then, make sure you leave me a rating and a review. That's the best way you can support the show. Also, check out www.tier1trading.com. I recommend checking out the free webinar we have available. Trust me, it's a game changer for any new and or struggling trader.